Welcome to Unqualified Sports, where the unqualified athlete has the most qualified opinions. Unqualified Errol in the building with my partner. What's going on, big dog? Unqualified shot in the building, man. What's going on, my man? Nothing much, man. Nothing much. Just blessed, man. Blessed, blessed to be able to do another episode with you, my brother. Um, as we know, uh, just before, and I, I know I said I was going to wait to the end. I ain't going to get too much in detail, but as we know, things happen so fast. So it's a blessing to be here to actually be breathing and doing this podcast with you. So I appreciate you that you here and blessed like me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, man, and, and like you said, not to get too far into it, but I, I do think we should share that sentiment with each other a lot, a lot more, especially as men. We don't typically say things like that to each other, man, but I think it do need to be expressed how much we appreciate each other and the things that we do for each other on a day-to-day basis to really make this thing go. Right, you know? right, totally, 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 bro. So uh, so let's, let's just actually, you know, before, well, this is something we ain't did in a while, so let me bring it back real quick. We got NCAA tournament going on. We got the Final Four. Everybody brackets bust, so we're going to definitely get into that. We're going to get into the, is, is did Duke do enough uh, with the team that they had and who's to blame? We got John ja Moran. We got Russ showing love to Nipsey Hustle. Hustle. Rest in peace to him. We'll get into that later. couple things with the AF. maybe some stuff about the Browns, Rookie of the Year, MVP. I'm talking about we got a jam-packed show. So y'all stay tuned. Y'all listen in. But first thing we're going to get started with, this Final Four, bro. We got a Final Four hey. of Michigan State versus Texas Tech and Auburn versus Virginia. Now, we got one one team who never been to a Final Four in Auburn. We got another team hey. who got eliminated in the first round as a number one seed, first time ever happened in Virginia last year. We got a Texas hey. Tech team who – just honestly, nobody expected them to get this far. Then you got a Michigan State team who was kind of overlooked because of the big name coaches. Nobody really gave the respect to Michigan State like clearly we should have because look, look where they are now. Um, so as far as these games, man, what team is the most shocking to be in the position that they're in at this moment for you? I would definitely have to go with Texas Tech. I mean, it was close between them and Auburn. Uh, I I wouldn't say I expected Virginia to get here, but due to what happened to them last year, you you never can expect them to get anywhere. So I do think um, Texas Tech was probably the most shocking, but I do have a jewel about them. I told you I had something to say about a team in pre-production meeting, and Texas Tech was the team I was referring to. Mm. Right now, in this Final Four, Texas Tech has the best player remaining in this Final Four. The man by the name of Jerry Culliver. Have you ever heard of him? No, actually, I haven't. He's a shooting guard from Texas Tech. Listen to me, this dude will be a top five, six draft pick this year in the NBA draft in June. I promise you, bro, he's that good. Hmm. He's a shooting guard, bro. He can shoot it. He can light it up. He actually had a bad game last day. I mean, he led the team to score. He had 19 points, but that was a bad night for him. I I believe the game before that, he had 26. He's the best-kept secret right now, bro. The only people I have ahead of him, like as far as my draft board goes, is Zion, John Moran, and R.J. Barrett, bro. I even I moved him past Cam Reddish just because of everything we talked about with Cam Reddish. You know, we covered that last week. Right. And and we a little bit more today. He, he, liked to, he liked to be on yeah. the show, seems like. <laughs> but, yeah, man, this, this guy, I'm telling you, man, so now that I've told you about him, I want you to pay close attention to what he do uh, this weekend coming up. And I actually just put a lot of pressure on myself for him to deliver. So, Jared, if you're listening, you're, you're probably not listening. But if anybody that knows Jared is listening, make sure he perform, man. Make sure he show up and make me look good. Don't make me look bad, Jared. <laughs> well, I, I, I must agree with you. I think Texas Tech is a shocker. Honestly, I, I think Auburn probably a bigger shocker for me. Um well, one, because I had Kentucky going to the Final Four, so I wanted them to lose. Oh, but yeah. So they busted your bracket. They, they did. But then, you know, with the history of it, this is the first time they ever made a Final Four. But not only that, 
Um, they in the game versus North Carolina, they lost one of their best players in Chuma Okiki. Hopefully, I'm saying that right. And uh, so I thought with the way he was balling in that game, I'm like, well, they undermanned against Kentucky. I don't know if they can rally around you know, what they've been doing. But, I mean, I think Auburn on like a 12 or 13 game winning streak at this moment. Yeah, um, hottest fish streak. Yeah. So, they like probably the hottest team right now. So, I, I can see why people would over, not necessarily overlook, but wouldn't say they, they, they are the shocker because they have been winning so much. But to lose one of your best players and then still beat Kentucky, who, you know, Bruce Pearl is a veteran coach. But, I mean, Calipari is like top Calipari. two or three top two, three coaches in in the, in the you know, in the in the uh, NCAA. Maybe four, top four, mm-hmm. depending on how you look at it or whatever. But uh, as far as name recognition, he's definitely top two, three. You know what I'm saying? So, um, for yeah. Auburn to kind of pull off that upset, shocked the hell out of me. Virginia was the number one seed, so it's almost like they probably the most underrated number one seed out of all. Because I thought Gonzaga would have got far, further than them, honestly. Uh, Virginia been out my yeah. bracket. Uh, so Michigan State, I, I I don't know. So so I guess we come down to who gonna go to the to the national championship and who gonna win out of these four teams. Yeah, man, I'm gonna have to go with Michigan State. Even though I just spent the last two or three minutes hyping up Jerry Cover. Right. I just don't think they have enough as a whole. To beat Michigan State team that's that, that experience and with a coach like Tom Izzo, you know, I, I know you have to go up and ready to play come Saturday. I'm going to go with Michigan and Virginia, man. I think this is where Auburn runs out. And I got Virginia getting past them. And I got Michigan beating Virginia in the national championship game Monday. So you're so yeah, man, I think they ride ride the momentum of beating Duke, which was understood by a lot of people. And I think they, they eventually take that momentum, bring it to the Final Four, and then eventually finish it off in the national championship. Okay, I, I respect I respect that uh, that answer. I, I'm actually I'm actually gonna go a little different route. Now I, I agree with you with Michigan State. I think Michigan State the the um, just the experience gonna that's gonna take over. As far as the coaching experience, um, yeah, and I so I do think they make it to the national championship game. I got Auburn upsetting Virginia. Um, Ooh. I got them upsetting Virginia. I think they hot. I think they on uh on more of a on a more of a destiny's path than anything. And mm-hmm. I think I think they overtake Virginia. And I think that I think Auburn win the national championship. Might as well go out really? on them. Hell, I ain't my bracket gone anyway. So, <laughs> so, so hey, I might as well go out on them, dog. I ain't mad at you for that, man. Yeah, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Auburn. I'm gonna go Auburn as the national champion. Shout out to Cash Swenson too for us bringing down the final four and not mentioning him one time. He's probably the best player of most people that's left in in this final four tournament. That that kid is a special type of guard. And I think he's perfect for what Tom Izzo like to do. Tough-minded guard, go out there and gut it out, get you some assists early in the game, and when you need to close it on a stretch, you definitely can score the ball. I think Cassius Winston has a big game, big game against Texas Tech. Right, and and speaking of guard play, Auburn, that's one of the reasons I, I, I like Auburn because I actually watched the highlights. I missed the game, but I watched the highlights of the uh, of the Auburn-Kentucky game, and Auburn guards, bro, they balled yeah. out. Like, yeah, they ball out. So that it seemed like in in college, a lot of time great guard play can bring you far. It don't necessarily always win you the championship, but it will it will take you. It can almost take you to the promised land. Most teams that make it to the national championship yeah. or win a national championship, they got a they got really good guard play. Um, so yeah, and, and it helps when your guards combine for fifty points. So, right. So if I mean, they get that again, they sure will be in the national <laughs> Exactly. Sure. Virginia, great defensive team. I mean, really and truly, right now with these teams being so overlooked and stuff, it's really hard to really pick a legitimate answer. Honestly, I think most people gonna go Michigan State because Tom Izzo, and that's well respected. But the way the tournament been mm-hmm. going, 
who knows? And it's every year. Who who really knows? Every year, man. Every year. Who really knows? So speaking of one of the biggest, let's 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 talk about one of the biggest L's that was taken was this Duke team. <laughs> so now we all we all had high hopes for them. I personally thought they would have went further. I had them going. I think in my bracket I had them going. Uh, I think I had them going to the championship game against. Yeah, yeah, the losing to Kentucky. Yeah. Kentucky. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, but they came up short. My question to you is, wasn't my first question to you is, was an elite elite eight appearance good enough for the hype that we gave that everybody gave them at the beginning of the year? No, okay. no, absolutely not. They were they were the number one team coming into the season. By far, everybody expected great things. I mean, I think people. Didn't know how good, how great Zion would turn out to be, but as equally as great as he turned out to be, that's what everyone thought R.J. Barrett already was. But Zion just happened to shock a lot of people, and he was better than who people thought. And R.J., not saying he's not as good as people thought, but he just didn't play as well as people expected him to play. But no, man, this Duke team was in the championship of us, and that's the expectation that comes with one going to Duke. Playing under Coach K and three being so highly talented, they had the number one, two, and three uh, players coming out of coming out of high school. I mean, you know, anytime you get that type of talent, you're expected to win because they know those guys are just one year rental. Like you know, those guys are out of here, and so with that comes with you got to get it done. You absolutely have to get it done. But it's rare you see freshmen just come together and be able to go and win a national championship like that. Because experience, most of the time, is going to beat you out. And that's what I think happened. They went against a more experienced Michigan State team that was really uh, just just tougher mentally down the stretch. And they made a couple of more plays than Duke was able to make, and that was the difference in the game. Okay, my next question. Because I, I agree. Um, I, I think – that they should at least made the Final Four. I personally think they should at least made the championship. Like, if they'd have lost in the championship, cool. That happened to the Fab Five, you know what I'm saying? That that happened to uh, that UNLV team. They at least made it to the Final Four. The running Rebels. The running Rebels. Yeah. Like, you have these elite freshmen that come into play and they achieve so much, and they might fail at the biggest of stages, but they make it. So, for them, like, I would want to – I would I would like to think that – Jalen Rose, uh, uh, Chris Webber, and they squad was are not as highly touted as Zion Williamson, R.J. Barrett, and Cam Reddish. I wouldn't think that that the collective three that Duke had this year, just before before the, before this before that season ended, I wouldn't think that their team. Uh, that Duke team, I would think that that Duke team was better than that than that Michigan team. I would want to think that. Yeah, Jalen Rose, Chris Webber, and Jawan Howard. Yeah, I would want to think that. But yeah, I agree. Maybe, that's not how it played out. Like as far as how things going now. But my next question would be, who's to blame for that loss against Michigan State? <laughs> oh man, I got um, you know. I ain't lying. I got a couple as, of things. As, as having, as playing, as being fortunate enough to play basketball at, at a couple of different levels, you know, I was always raised under the mantra, and it's a team loss. You know, there's, there's no one person or one play that that leads to play. And so it's kind of a cop-out. I'm going to just say it was a team loss. It was no particular person. Because I feel like they all could have done things better. Okay. You know, uh, I know a lot of people is gonna blame RZ. He's the easy, easy blame. He went to the free throw line with about two seconds left, I believe, and they was down to. He tried to make the first free throw and he missed it. So he tried to miss the second one and he made it. So it was just one of those things, like, man, man, you damned if you do, you damned if you don't. Right. So uh, I really felt bad for the kid. I know he felt like crap after the game was over, but I don't really charge that loss, put that loss on him. I feel like a lot of other people could have played better. Zion played like a monster, but a couple of those other guys could have stepped up. I know Cam Reddish was nursing an injury, 
So that had a lot to do with the way he played. And it was just a lot of different things, man. Duke, Duke had a couple of scares. They won on the last second possession the, the last two games before that. So, you know, eventually your luck runs out whenever you let a game come down to the wire. You're not going to win them all like that. So when it happened the first time, then you, you got to wait. It happened the second time, you got to wait. The third time, just went, man. Like three strikes, you out. So that's kind of what happened to well, that's that's actually a good way to put it. Um, that's good. You can, you can keep all your fingers to yourself. I'm about to start. <laughs> so my first my first criticism, and which to me has to take the most criticism, is Coach K. Um, you got the talent. You didn't you didn't put them in right position to win. Period. Now Michigan State played Ooh. well, but you got the talent. You didn't put them in the right position to win. Well, you put them in a position to win. They didn't execute. That's on you. But it come down to more things. You brought up Cassius Winston. Never wait, got wait, no wait, 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 wait. Let me ask you a question before you go on to your next question. Okay. If you put if you put a player in position to win and they don't execute, is it the coach fault? That's interesting. In a sense, he put them in a position to win because they were down it down by so much, right? They they went they were in a points position to win. But if you're not necessarily putting them in a position Say betting, maybe oh, not throughout the game, throughout the game as a whole. Okay, well, I, I see what you're saying in that in that way, but like I said, I got a lot of fingers to point, so I, I'm not. I'm just starting with okay. him. Okay, I'm I'm starting okay. with him. Now, like you I start said, start with the top. Okay, I understand. Exactly, that. Cassius Winston never was double teamed. He dominated that game. Every time Michigan State needed a play, he made it. Every time. Um. They never double teamed him. They never really pressured him to make somebody else beat them. So that's one. And plus, they're not really good at the half court set as far as playing defense. They good before you get into your set. They not good once you get in your set. They they was getting exposed by everybody uh, with that. So that's one thing. Two, um, not putting. I know Zion isn't a good free throw shooter, especially in the last two minutes of a game. I think him and R.J. Barrett. Collectively shooting like 54% at the end of games in the last two minutes. Yeah. Which is horrible. But if you know that, and you know Zion is, uh, what, the juggernaut? I mean, he unstoppable. Mm-hmm. Give him the ball. Make everybody move out the way. See what happens. I would take that I chance. think that was on RG. I think that was on RG. I agree with you too, though. But I think that was on RG. I really felt like he was supposed to get that ball up. Probably so. He probably was. I don't know if they call a play, but you know, we we only know what we see, and we gotta go with that. Yep. So I'm gonna go with that. But I, 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 you might be right. RJ might have didn't pass the rock. And honestly, some of the least of my blame, RJ more towards the bottom of my list of blame. Like he not a high part point of blame on my list. Uh, after Coach K and him not setting up the defense to take Cassius Winston out the game, off. Maybe possibly not calling a play for Zion to take the last shot, who is Zion was shooting shoot shoots actually well from the three, but but he actually can get to the he's unstoppable getting to the paint even with two and three defenders on him. Um, you don't make that you don't make that call. My next point of blame, Cam Reddish. You said he's nursing an injury. Got video footage of him jumping around dancing before the game. He gets to the game. He gets to the game and said, I don't think I can play. Which, to me, that throw Coach K completely off. What? What you mean? Then, not only that, when he actually do decide he can play, he shoot two from eight, two of eight from the field. Two of eight. You the X Factor, B. You got to step up in that moment. You are the X Factor. You are supposed to be the best shooter on the team. And you come out. Claiming you injured, you know, you might have been. He might have been. I'm not saying he wasn't. But who's to say he didn't get injured playing around? Like, bro, you you got a, you got a Final Four on the line. Like, you got to take it serious. People going to look at you in a different way when they see that you're not being serious about your craft, especially when you are looking to be a professional at your craft within the next couple months. So, you got to take that seriously. That looked bad on him. And... He been literally destroying his draft stock for the last month. 
So him pulling this stunt, yeah. to me, is just, he right up there with Coach K with me because he the third wheel. He the one that's supposed to be the one that could take that. Like, even if he have took the last shot, if he could have got to the free throw line, he a better free throw shooter than both of them cats. Even if they dropped the play like that. But he wasn't shooting well. He was claiming he was hurt. He didn't play well. So that's a problem. R.J. Barrett, everybody, like you say, everybody could play some blame on him. He, he went for the shot. He missed the free throw, made the free throw, whatever. And so I get it. Um, and like you say, you can badly place any, any blame on Zion. If Trey Jones could could be a, a respectable shooter where people just have to respect his jumper, then that would have added a whole other element. They had the team to, to actually go to this national championship. The more I sit and think about it, they should have dominated. Yeah, do you see all, all the things you're saying they had to go wrong for them to lose? Right. It went wrong. Yeah. It went wrong. And I, I really think Coach K ended up getting out coached because he was 11 and 1 against Coach Izzo. 11 and 1. Coach Izzo only beat this man one time in his career. Once. So, that's, that right there is just go to show you the dominance of that, right? You got the most dominant team, and then you lose to this guy who has a team of, at that time, unless you uh, uh, somebody that followed Michigan State basketball at that time, you got a team full of people that nobody know. It's just, just just call it like it is. More, more, more people in the United States don't know about Michigan State than they do know about Michigan State and who play on that team. You know, coach is, yeah. you don't know. Nobody on that team, basically up into that game. And you got a team with three players that everybody know their name, their household names. Four players is probably household names with Trey Jones. Uh, yeah, Trey, because, yeah, I think Trey's a household. His brother, people know his brother too, you know. Right. So, I I just feel like they, they did underachieve. I really do think they very much so underachieved. And I really, I really do think. Cam Reddish had a lot to do with the psych, psych, the psychology of Coach K when he told him at the beginning of the game, I don't think I can go. And that messed Coach K up, which showed. Because Coach K, and that's another thing, Jay Williams pointed this out, Coach K, 72 years old. I didn't even know that. He's 72 years old. I knew he was up there, but I didn't know it was 72. Right, because he don't look it, because he keep his hair black. But but keep, either way. Two k black. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, but but either way, you he got thrown off, and I don't think he ever had one of his better players on the team pull a stunt like that. And I think that threw off the team because they like, whoa, bro, you ain't gonna, you ain't rolling with us, but you were just jumping around, cheering, and all this stuff with us. Like, but now you now you can't play. You like it's like you got what? Where your heart? Let me ask you a question. Okay. Do you think he was really hurt? Me personally. No, not yeah. not oh. injured. I don't. I think it's a difference between hurt and injured. I don't I think he was injured. I think he might. He might. I, I think at this point in the time in the season, yeah, he could have been hurt. Something could have been ailing him. But some could easily be ailing Zion. Zion had an injury where he had to sit out so many games. R.J. Barrett could be nursing injury. You know, like they could all be nursing some type of hurt. You know, some type of minor tweak or something like that. But. And it's the, this the Elite Eight. If you ain't legit got no injury, you need to be on the floor. And you need to be trying to do the yeah. play the best you can. You know? So I, I just I, it's hard for me to get at a lot of a lot of respect. You know what I'm saying? But either way, I, unless you got something else to say about this dude, Blue Devil team. You know, congratulations to them boys though, as far as the notoriety that they got and the position that they put themselves in to make a lot of money. I ain't mad at that. <laughs> as, far, as far as this elite eight game, I'm going. I have a lot. I had a lot. Not too much good to say about Cam Reddish and Coach K more so than than R.J. Barrett and and, uh, and Zion. So, um, but no, man, normally, normally I never miss an opportunity to trash Duke. But yeah, this is self-explanatory, man. I don't really have nothing to say. I laughed enough when they lost, so <laughs> I'm good, though. Well, I am all laughed out. Well, speaking on draft picks, I know you you spoke on them earlier, which we won't have too much to say about say about it. But John Moran actually uh, decided to, you know, enter the NBA draft, which I don't think that's a surprise huh. to anyone. Huh. 
I mean, you, you're not sure. going to pass up on them millions of dollars after coming from an unknown player to top top two pick. To go back to Murray State to do what? Right. To do what? Nothing. But and speaking exactly. of nothing, speaking, speaking of nothing, <laughs> the AAF got suspended all duties. So they're speaking not gonna of nothing. <laughs> now, you know what I thought they probably oh, was, bro? They only showed one game on, like, national TV. Everything else was on, like, NFL Network. So you have to have, you know, NFL Network access to watch it. Everybody don't have NFL Network. So they rage. You want to know what I thought they tried to win? They should have never did it, probably. (laughs) They wanted to be a D-League for the NFL without agreeing with the NFL that they was the official development of the league. That's what I thought they tried to win. (laughs) (laughs) I thought, I'm going to tell you. Now I have I I had I didn't watch any one of the games. I think I saw one IG post about the AAF and was saying how like brutal it was or whatever. And honestly, yeah, I, they saw one IG post. I, I think I think the NFL has softened my view on football because I don't I don't like to see hard hits and stuff like that, but I really don't want to see it that much no more. Like I'm okay with not seeing it as much as I used to. I don't know if that makes sense. It look, it look like people killing each other, man. Yeah, like, like it, it looked like no structure or nothing, man. It just looked like blitz, NFL blitz. You remember that game? Yeah, huh, bro. Who don't? You know what I'm saying? You right? That's, that's exactly what it looked like out there. That that's not that's not necessarily how I want to watch football. You know what I'm saying? I didn't already got turned off with my yeah, I want my child to play football. You see what I'm saying? So. I guess yeah. it turned me away from it even more to watch the AAF do that. But one thing I did find funny about the AAF, Steve Spurrier, they interviewed him about, excuse me, they interviewed him about uh, all the duties being uh, suspended. And he was like, well, if all the duties, you know, he got that old country accent. Well, if all the duties are suspended, uh, well, at least we were, the number one, we were the number one team. So I guess we are the champions of the AAF. So, you know, he got to always say something quirky. That dude always got something retarded to say. Uh, Steve Spurrier, man. Bruh, so, the legend, man. Shout out to Steve Spurrier. <laughs> seven and one. I think he was seven and one. The next closest team was five and three. Um, from, from my understanding, he actually called a number two team and called him and asked him how it felt to be number two after they found out the dude was. Yeah, he lied, bro. I, that's what he I heard. Lied. I heard somebody say it on ESPN today. I think it was on uh, High Noon with Bomani Jones and Pablo. Uh, can't think of Pablo's last name, but shout out to Pablo. And Bomani, because I can't think of Pablo's last name, but Pablo and Bomani. I thought you were about to say Escobar. I didn't want to. That would have been so wild. Man, I'd have had, I'd have been having the wrong stuff coming to my house, bro. I don't need all that, bro. Well, well I'd have quit. I'd have quit this business. <laughs> I'd have sold my portion of the business. <laughs> I'd have got out of here. Get me out. So, yeah, bro, but, yeah, I, I I think that's why I heard that on, either it was on there or on uh, Highly Questionable. And, you know, they don't. that's one person that they, they don't play with on there. Pablo, they not playing football. Oh, yeah. questionable. You know, they they at all. They, yeah, they not doing it. Um, but we're gonna still continue on with a little bit more football. Oh. Cleveland Brown, we've discussed them before. So okay, I want to ask this. You know, we already we already discussed if they because they actually okay. they, they number five as uh they the fifth they have the fifth best chances of. Going to the Super Bowl and winning the Super Bowl, which that's the, that's the Vegas odds. Yes, Vegas, yeah. I think it's like fifteen to one or something for them. Um, oh, okay. Which okay. is the fifth best odds? My question to you would be this: Do the Browns have? Will the Browns have the best offense in the league next year? It's a legitimate uh, question, bro. dog. It really is a legitimate See, question. Bro, I try to, I, I try to come up here, dog, and be professional, bro. <laughs> it's really, you really be pushing me with some of these questions you be coming up with, man. Yeah, I don't know why, bro. That's a legitimate question. No, why not, bro? Look, you trying to make me curse, fool? I really turned over a new leaf. I stopped cursing as of yesterday. No, it's making it real hard for me to continue, fool. Look, bro, I'm going to tell you no. Don't ask me why after I tell you no. Okay. <laughs> I'm, telling, I'm, I'm telling you no. All right, my answer is no, bro. They, they don't have the best offense in the NFL, and they won't have the best offense in the NFL. 
Okay. Name name the offenses you think gonna be better than theirs. Like, what's the top three offenses in the league next year then? Kansas City, four one. Okay. Kansas, I'm going. I'm going Kansas City. I'm going Saints. I'm going Indianapolis. I'm going. Uh, I want to go Dallas, bro, because y'all skill position is good. But I just don't know about Prescott. Uh, right. But that's the same reason why I don't have Cleveland as the best offense because I don't know if they can make that much of a next step. Oh my bad, the Rams too. My fault, the Rams. Um, they have a better offense than, than Cleveland. Um, I'll I'll go on record and say Cleveland won't have a top five offense in the NFL. They won't. No. Okay, I'm going on record and say Cleveland gonna have a top five. I'm going on record and say Cleveland gonna have a top three offense in the league next year. I don't think they're gonna have the okay. best offense, so I will say that. But I do think that they will have a top three offense next year. Um. I I do think that I one one thing I think that got figured out. With the Rams, which Sean McVay gonna have to really tweak some things over this offseason, which I'm pretty sure he will. Uh, he's which very he will. Which he will. Yeah, he's I'm very a Rams fan. You know, I'm a Rams fan now. Thank you. Understood. Go ahead. I respect that. Okay, whatever. Uh, <laughs> you should be a Rams fan too. I am. I am. Look, I, I I like the Rams. I would say that I like the Rams. I don't dislike the Go Rams. Ahead. Uh, you know, you know, I understand. I understand. But either way. I, Thank, thank you. Thank uh, you for a business reason. You should be able to right now. Okay. Sean, Sean, Sean McVay have to tweak some things offensively. Um, uh, Jared Goff going to have to know how to make adjustments on his own, when not just with his coaching is here. Because they gonna, they gonna, they going to hop down on that. The Patriots really exposed them really bad in that game. Um, uh, 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 I think okay. they did. That's why I know he got to change up a lot. So I'm not necessarily 100% sure on how the Rams' offense is going to be, but they do have Jared Goff, they got Ty Gurley, they got Robert Woods, and they got uh, uh, Brandon Cook. Brandon Cook. So and, and Cooper, Cooper Cup going to be coming back. So I know they're going to be potent. I'm not saying nothing against that. They might have one of the top offenses in the league. Then you got, like you say, Kansas City. Kansas City missing Kareem Hunt, so I don't know how that replacement going to work, like how that's going to go. They might be missing Tyreek Hill, depending on how his little lawsuit is going. Um, they do still got Travis Kelsey, and they got uh, Sammy Watkins, which we don't know what we're getting with Sammy Watkins, but the name still sounds good. So I'm going to say it for the, for the sake of them. Y'all clearly got a good quarterback. When I say y'all, if y'all don't know, I'm talking about the Colts. Colts got a good quarterback, um, got a good running back. They didn't kind of widen out. They, they, uh, they receiving core. Cool. They got a good tight end. They clearly had a great two offense last year. What'd you say? Two good tight ends. Two good tight ends. Oh, well, yeah, no, yeah they're going to have two good tight ends. If, if O'Boy can stay injured from, from injury, yeah, he does. Um, you know, you never want to wish injury on anybody or expect injury on anybody. Uh, so hopefully, they, you know, they can stay healthy for the majority of the season. But his history make that a little iffy for me. Um, and then, two, who's to say this wasn't just an aberration for Ebron to be a good tight end this season when he was horrible for however long he was in the league before that. So, you know, it's still Relax. it's still Relax. it's still some question marks. Relax. You gotta be consistent. But, but then I look at the Browns. And when I look at the Browns, I'm seeing a player who didn't play the first four games, but in his four game his his actual first four games, he wasn't as efficient. But as the season went on, which normally as the season go on you get your team gets a little more camaraderie, but other but defenses get better too as the season goes on. But actually, Baker Mayfield got better as the season goes. Season went on. I think he ended up breaking up Peyton Manning's touchdown thing, t- touchdown record. Um, he had was throwing the ball like 64 percent in his like first in his first season, which is not bad at all. He had Jarvis Landry, he had David and Joku, and he had Nick Chubb. Well, now he got Jarvis Landry, David and Joku, Nick Chubb, Odell Beckham Jr. <laughs> and Kareem Hunt, which gonna be the late part, later part of the season, but that later half of the season could change a lot of things. Kareem Hunt is a versatile back. On paper, 
they got one of the best. They, on paper, they got top three offense to me. On paper. Like, when you compare, they probably got one of the best receiving uh, cores, including tight ends, in the league. We they tight ends good, though. You say what? What is David and Joku? They tight ends not good? He not David bad. David not good. He not, he not bad. He, he, he didn't win uh, injury, but just like, just, I mean, you said they got two good tight ends in Indianapolis, and Ebron only had one good season. One. Oh, both of them throw balls, though. Joku has never made a play. He has, even when he's been healthy, he's never did nothing, though. He's never did nothing, ever. Well, so he you has, can't just say good. He's had some flashes of good, though. I, I, I can't sit up here and say. I, I've had him on my fantasy team, and in the later part of this last season, he actually had a pretty decent season. I think he was number five in tight ends. I think he was like the number five tight end in like yards and touchdowns or something like that. So he wasn't he wasn't yeah, hard. Yeah, we talking about tight ends, dog. No, we talking we talking about tight ends, dog. Like you got to think about what you said. It ain't hard to be top ten tight ends. My tight ends put up numbers, man. My tight ends put up numbers, man. But not Jack Doyle. Jack Doyle. The thing last season, year before they made the Pro Bowl, though. Just a year before that. He was hurt last year. That's what I'm saying. Both of them is better than Joku, bro. Both of them is better than Joku, Look, I don't know that. The only reason I don't know that, because we never seen Njoku with a good quarterback for a whole season. We never seen that. And I think that's a legitimate thing to say. Well, you got to go off with Shadow. You say what? You got to go off with Shadow. You got to go off with you can't go off what you truly can be. Gotta go off what you saw. If we talking about who's better right now, now you say he can be better, then I can accept that because it's yet to be seen. Right. That, but that's what, that's what I'm saw? saying, though. That's actually what I'm saying. Oh, okay. I'm saying that he okay. can be better. Okay. I think he got the potential to be a okay. really good player, but then it's gonna open it up for him because they got two really good wideouts, really good wideouts, two really good running backs, <laughs> and a decent tight end. And their defense gonna be solid. They can stop the run. I mean, I think I think their defense gonna get them a lot of opportunity to uh, to get the ball back on offense. And I think they are gonna score a lot. So I'm gonna go out on the limb and say the Browns gonna have a top three offense in the league next year. And I think they're going to the playoff. And I think they're making it past the first round. And the Cowboys winning the Super Bowl. And we can move on. Uh, Boy, I guarantee. Like, the, the Browns might go to the playoffs. I don't think they got to the second round. Uh, I'm, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. That's if they don't they win it. They ain't going to be better than my team. And they get they ain't going to be better than my team. I don't care. They ain't going to be. Oh, nah, come on, bro. Now you're going too far, yes, If they don't they do that, it's going to happen. They're going to have home field. It's going to happen, I take, I take that bet. I take that bet. Whatever you want to put on it, I guarantee so, you the Browns will not have home field in the well, I mean that's 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 a that's a I would I would take the field for that one. Like I know I know the Browns probably won't have. That's not a good bet on my part. But I think they I think they will win their division. I do think they're gonna win their division. I think Pittsburgh. I don't got think their division is really that good though. Like I don't think their division gonna be that good. I don't. That's why I think they got an opportunity to win that division. And depending on what their record is. And depending on what the rest of the AFC, because y'all division, no telling how y'all division going to turn out as far as wins and losses, because y'all going to oh, be going to win our division. Other. Don't worry about it. We're going to win our division. Don't worry about yeah, that. Yeah, but y'all might win y'all division with a 10 and a ten and 6 record. You see what I'm saying? Y'all could easily win y'all division with a 10 and 6 record. And it not necessarily yeah. be a problem, and the Browns might be 11 and 5. You see what I'm saying? Like, that could happen. Or 12 and 12 yeah. and 4. The Browns could easily mess around and out by the curse. The Browns could easily mess around and be, and be twelve and four next year. We'd be like, "What the hell?" You know what I'm saying? Like, because they they could win four more games. They won eight games last year. They could win four more games. I don't know. I think I think with the additions that they got, I think they can win four more games. And with a like a better system in play. Oh man! And then I think one of the games they tied, and Baker Mayfield didn't even play that game. Like, so they can win four more games. Let's just say that was one game. That means they, they need to win three more games. I think they can win three I'm more taking, games. I'm taking a glance at a glance at this schedule right now. They play the NFC West. Nah, I'll be all right, So that means they, they got the Rams, the Cardinals, 
They'll beat the Cardinals for sure. The San Francisco 49ers. And, That's probably and, and who, who else in the world? Seattle game going to be tough. They ain't, they ain't beating the Rams. Seattle game going to be tough. Man, they gonna, but you got to oh. it's going to be tough for them to beat them too. Like, oh, you got to cover these dudes, bro. And Baker trying to get it out there. And I, I don't know. I, I I look forward to seeing how this season going to play. I can't wait for football season to start. They added all these people. Not Masters, nobody wants to mention the offensive line. And the fact that they lost a Hall of Fame at left tackle. Who you talking about? I've never heard one. Joe Thomas. Oh, well, they lost him before the season. He wasn't that last. That's what I'm saying. But, but they never, what I'm saying is they never went field that. Well, that boy. I thought you was talking about the other guy. I forget his name. I heard they say that they, they he not. I didn't think he was a Hall of Famer. That's why I was like, who you talking about? That's why I asked who you was talking about. But they actually just, one of the offensive linemen from last year actually, I think got signed to another team or they, whatever, something like that. They not going to re-sign him. But you never know. They might they might have plans. They still got draft capital. So we'll know more so after the draft on how teams going to look more, you know what I'm saying, once they come around. But just just for the, for the moment and – since it's worth discussing, I just think that the Browns, like, I think they're going to have a top three offense, and they might. I wouldn't be surprised if they had home field advantage in the playoffs. I mean, not home field advantage, but a, a, a bye. A bye. Just a bye. They could be the number two seed, but they, I, I say they're going to have a bye in the playoffs. I said no. I said they don't have a one on two seed. No way. You say what? I said they don't have a one or two seed. No way. Only time will tell. Only time will tell. But moving forward on something that's actually a little more debatable. <laughs> Rookie of the year, man. We got yeah. Trey, Trey Young and Luka Doncic. Now, Luka kind of burst out on the scene, took over, was doing his thing. And everybody was just like, it's set in stone, Luka Doncic. But then Trey Young, after the All-Star break, been playing like he been playing in the NBA, and like Steph Curry taught him how to shoot and everything because he been dropping fifty balls and all kind of stuff. Um, and he didn't basically close that gap, hitting game winners. I'm talking about that. This man be shining on people, bro. He literally be shining on people. Um, so do you think that? Do you think it's still close? Do you think Luca still got it, or you think Trey Young kind of might have an opportunity to actually win it and take it from him? Um, I think, I think Luke is good enough so far. Like, not just saying he could shut it down for the rest of the year, but I think what he has done has just been too much. And I think from a number standpoint, like, his number, he averaged 21, 7, and 6. And I think Trey Young averaged, like, 19 and 8 in, like, 3 or something like that. Luke is... By the way, he took the NBA by storm so early in the season and the things he did, I think it's gone to so much attention that even though Trey Young is kind of closing the season out, how Luka started it, I think Luka put himself so far ahead in the beginning mm. that it's just going to be really difficult. Let's Trey Young do something crazy in these last five games. Like, just, just wild out. Like, even more than he had already has been since the All-Star break. But... I think Luca Luca has his game put away. I mean, has his race put away. And I think just because even the people that not really in tune or torn between which one to take, I think they'll look at the numbers. And from a number to a totality standpoint, uh, Luca has the edge. So I think he'll pull it out. Okay, I, I ain't gonna lie. I agree. I don't, unless Trey Young drop four, five straight thirty-point games, or uh, do a couple yeah, of balls in like the these last four five games, then yeah. But other than that, I agree with you. Um, my next question about them would be, did anybody actually? Because you know it was like I can't believe they traded Trey Young to, to for uh, Luka Doncic, Trey Young, blah blah blah. The whole Atlanta Dallas thing. How y'all supposed to be a robbery in the draft last year? Do you think? Yeah. Like, can we like hush that now? Like, did that kind of like? Yeah. <laughs> I think I think Trey Young kind of silenced that because Atlanta was looking kind of crazy, and uh, Atlanta has some good young young uh, quarter putting together over there. I think Trey Young was the right fit for that team with him and uh, John Collins, who 
vastly fans are supporters of the show. If you haven't looked up John Collins, go look up his numbers. He, he's really one of those guys, like one of those young guys. Wear, uh, the, that wear the wrist sweatbands? That's him? Do we wear wrist sweatbands? He was in a dunk contest? He was in a, yeah, he was in a dunk contest, yeah. 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 That's, him. That's him, that's him. Yeah, cause I remember Kenny. He had a group of people on a uh, court, and Kenny Smith was like, "If she could jump over and dunk over, and all these people, Atlanta Hawks should have more wins than they do." Huh. But um, John Collins, his, his numbers, I think he has like nineteen and ten this year. Like he's a really good young player. And um, there's another guy that played for the team, a young guy named Kevin Horner. He's kind of like a Clay Thompson type of guy. Cause they, they, they feel like they're trying to build a goal, compare them to the young Golden State. As in trade being stuff and the, the Kevin Horner guy being Clay Rose and John Collins being almost like a Draymond Green type player, just with more offensive game. Oh, but okay. um, so that's the situation to to monitor moving forward. But they're they're a good young team, man, and I think over time they'll continue to get better if they keep it together. And I think they'll be okay. So I don't think nobody's regretting the pick now. Right. Right. Okay, well, this was a race that we talked about, but I think this one kind of then got set in stone too with this MVP. Uh, you know, I was big Giannis Antetokounmpo, but uh, Harden just just in, Harden just in, the fit the fifty point triple double canceled it for me. I was like, okay, all right, bro, all right, all right, bro, you win, bro, you got it. Like I, I all right, bro. So that did it. That did it for me. Once, once, once I seen that, I said, okay. And then he had to do it. Like it wasn't like he was just trying to shine and get fifty points. He had to score fifty points, and he got the triple dub. <clears throat> I ain't, I ain't have, yeah, man. I ain't have too much else to say about it after that. Like, somebody, somebody on this show called called Harden uh, for MVP, man. You know, that's true. You did, yeah. bro. You know, it was a race. It was a race up until that 50 point. Uh, it was a good race. I ain't lying. It was a good race. Yeah. And Giannis kind of nursing an injury right now, so he probably not going to be playing up the par. And, you know, he still want to play. I think they kind of solid at the at the one spot. So I don't think he personally should play just so he can preserve himself for the uh for the playoffs but and make sure he, you know, rests himself up and stuff and get it and heal that ankle up. But I like his mentality. He like, I don't know what rest means. That word not in my vocabulary. So I respect him. Um, but you know what's crazy about that? What? Like right before our last show, Harden had like 61 a couple couple days before our last show. Uh-huh. And now right before this show, a couple days ago, he had a 50-point triple-double. Like you said, man, this is good. It's crazy. Bro, the dude offensively is ridiculous, dog. Um... A 50-point triple-double is historic. Um, but we got to speak on a triple-double that's more currently historic. That's another comparison to Will Chamberlain and Russell Westbrook. I know I know you're not necessarily the biggest fan of Russell Westbrook. You know, I'm always, I always root, for, for, root for Russ. But he had a 20-20-20 game where he had 20 points, 20 rebounds, 21 assists. Um, and he did that in honor of Nipsey Hussle, who we – didn't name, but we referenced earlier in the show. Um, so first, we're going to start with Russ. And the the great accomplishment, it, it was just to get these numbers, 20-20-20. It's, that's ridiculous. That only happened one other time in NBA history. Ridiculous. Yeah. Ridiculous. Th- that's the only word you got for it? <laughs> that's it. Ridiculous. You know, I don't like Russell Westbrook that much. Like, you know, I, I know he's a great player. I just don't have him. Like I said, I just don't have him as high as, as you have him. But I, I know he's a great player. But that, what he accomplished under the circumstances he accomplished it under, man, yeah. shout out to him. So. Yeah, salute, so definitely salute to him. Definitely another salute to Nipsey Hussle, who, uh, from, from what people have been saying in the media, was actually a good friend of Russell Westbrook's. You know, as we all know, mm-hmm. Russell Westbrook is a uh, is a is somebody that's from Los Angeles. So both of those people were from Los Angeles. I'm pretty sure Nipsey was at a lot of different games, and probably did have a, a pretty good relationship with Russ. And Russ did the 2020 20 in honor of 
uh, the Rolling 60s, uh, the, the gang that uh, Nipsey Hussle was a part of. And I know some people have that negative connotation, putting gang with uh, with sport or with into the limelight um, to to show honor to it. Uh, but that was a respect thing. Um, if you have that to say, knowing that someone was just viciously killed um, in front of the neighborhood that that they were raised, like in front of a store that they own, in front of in, in the neighborhood that he was raised in. Just a tragic situation, and you can find that negativity and and make it as if it's something horrible to say about Russell Westbrook. Shame on you. Um, people have their ways of honoring their friends. Um, some people probably would go out. Nipsey Hussle probably got some friends that would actually go out and do really bad things to honor him. Russell Westbrook chose to go out and do something great and historic to honor him. So for anybody to frown upon Russell Westbrook for that, shame on you. Um, that was an awesome accomplishment. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they let him, let, yeah, they let him get it, but it was worth it. It was worth it. Somebody just lost their life. It was worth it. Um, so that, that's what I gotta say about Russell Westbrook when it comes to that. But you can go ahead. Yeah, I don't, I don't really have much to say about it, man. I just want to prayers and condolences. It's all about people going way too soon, man. And hopefully, wake a lot of people up. People don't take action and understand that it's promised for them. Right. Like, so we need to really live our lives, live it up. Don't put off what you can do today until tomorrow because you never know. You'll make it to see that day. That's 100%. That's all I say about that. And, and keep in mind, this is the second episode in a row we've discussed death. And this is the third person that we didn't discuss death to. So, um, that's that. what he just said is extremely important. Um, and like he said, you know, our condolences definitely go out to uh, Nipsey Hussle, his family, his wife, his kids. Um, some things about this people making it into other things that's not it really and truly at this moment i was going even, i was going to speak on some of the things but honestly it's not even important it, it's just it's not important somebody uh an influential positive black man got murdered and we need to take the things that he was putting out there the game he was trying to give through his music trying to give through his action we need to continue those type of things on. If not in the ways that he did it, in our own ways, in order to just progress our lives and our culture and our people. So, um, yeah, so I, that's, I guess that's all I can really, really, really say about that as well, man. I was going to get into these warriors, but I don't even know if they worth even talking about now after talking about Nipsey. Um, so, man, if you, if you got something else you want to talk about, bro. I don't even know what else we can talk about after that, man. That just seems like the perfect, the perfect thing to cap it on because that energy is really, you know, it, it brought me to it down. Like, I really don't even really care to discuss anything else sports related at this point. Right. You know? Right, right, right. Definitely, man. So, again, people, y'all be blessed. It, we, it's a blessing for y'all to, to take y'all time out and listen to us. It's a blessing for us to record it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a blessing that we even just end up some kind of way, weirdly, me and Shad end up being partners in this whole thing. Uh, so, all that's a great thing. We appreciate y'all. And we thank y'all. And y'all continue to be blessed.